What is up, Swim Out of the Boxers? Today's guest first dipped his toe into the swimming pool when he enlisted in the Marines and completed his swim test with survival backstroke. And if you can't tell by the name alone, survival backstroke isn't really what we would call a stroke. Rewind a few years to when Dexter Braithwaite, today's guest, saw a triathlon on TV and thought it was so crazy that he made it a goal to compete in one someday. Now, Dexter trains for triathlons year-round, and he's definitely not swimming survival backstroke anymore. Sit back and take a listen as we get to know Dexter and his story a bit more and learn how he got to where he is in his triathlon journey today. We share the mic back right. and forth. Uh, I'll just talk. It's always a fun time when we get to, to share the mic back and forth. Uh, but we're recording now, so okay. just like that, we just roll right in. Right. Um, that's how we do this. So welcome to Swim Out of the Box, Dexter. Um uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I get the opportunity to talk to Dexter usually in like, I'm outside of the pool, nice and dry, and Dexter's standing in the pool, really cold. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, I could talk to Dexter for hours. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, I got to get him swimming, right? Yeah. Um, and we had talked, what, how long have I known you now? Oh, man. It's been so close to a decade, I would think. Yeah. And, um, oh gosh, what was it? It's like Dominic's calendars are blocked off. You can't book on Dominic's calendars except for when I make a mistake and I made a mistake and you booked on Dominic's calendar. And I was like, Dominic, ugh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to call this person or Brittany call this person and just, ugh, I'm sorry. What's, what's his name? I was like, Dexter Braithwaite. I can't, is that his? Oh, what? And I'm like, what do you know him? He was like, do I know him? But it was so funny because. I'd never, like, I don't know if you came to Fairfax to work with Dominic, our original location, so. but your yes. name was, I literally, well, he's, he's in the system as having worked with Allie. And I was like, I don't know who this person is, Yes, but it was really funny. So was like, I'll talk, no, don't call him. Well, I can't wait to see him. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll leave this one be. <laughs> No, but it started at Masters, and I think you guys probably would have crossed paths at Masters practices because you both swam at Chinkapin oh. when right. I coached there. I guess I swam there for, for a little while, but I also swam at Providence, okay. mainly when I first started. Okay. Uh, and then I go to ch went to Chicken Pin. Uh, you might have to pull your mic a little bit closer. Oh. Uh, I went to Chicken Pin. I think I believe either I moved or something happened, but uh, I went to Chicken Pin. Uh, I think I went to Chicken Pin mainly because you were there. And right. And uh, yes. <laughs> Thanks. I <Ooh>. love this. <laughs> <laughs> So you're the other one now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, how long ago was that? How long? <sighs> that that it seems like a decade ago. I know. So I know some of our other clients, like Adele, right? I've known Adele for a decade. Have you mm -hmm. really? Yes, because I started coaching masters back then, right? So oh. I'm assuming we would have met very similar times as I met Adele at some point. That was like Audrey Moore. I was I was coaching at Audrey Moore, and okay. you know, lots of different people were, mm -hmm. were coming through. Right. Um, so maybe eight eight to seven years. Yes. So we've actually so. known each other. Yes. Because I my first trainer for my first Ironman twenty fourteen. So we were definitely. Uh, yeah, that would have been there. like I think about a year and a half after I came back. Maybe two years after I came back from Manhattan. Okay. So that that makes sense completely. Makes sense. Um, isn't it weird to find out that I knew people before you? 
It's just always so weird to me that you had like a life. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not like that. I just mean like that things happened and there were all these relationships and I'm like, nah. I just, I set my foot in there. Like, no, this is when we start. Everything before that, eh. I hate all the people you knew beforehand. <laughs> all the people you dated are dead to me. Like, you know, I can't, I just can't. Anyone who was friends with you when you were married to your ex-wife, like, I can never speak to them. <laughs> wow. That is harsh. She's like, you're funny. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so give, give everyone listening, since they don't know your history, give them a little bit of a history of, like, maybe why you got involved in triathlon, mm-hmm. the swimming history, anything you want to share. By the way, I didn't know, and you told me this the other day, that think please correct me if I'm wrong you basically learned how to swim at basic uh i i learned how to survive survive Five. a swim yes i wouldn't say i wouldn't call that swimming <laughs> that's let's let's learn how to survive right so for for context uh i i'm a former marine and uh i essentially went to boot camp without knowing how to swim but we had to go through swim qualifications right. to progress uh, in our training and uh, essentially what happened was is that uh, I wasn't able to make it across the, to the end of the pool. They mm-hmm. saw that. <laughs> they quickly <laughs> recognized that, uh, that uh, default there. And they basically rele- relegated um, all of the non-swimmers to the shallow end of the pool and basically taught us how to float on our backs right. and propel forward using our, our arms and our legs. Elementary backstroke. Yes, and that's how I, I, I got through swim qualification in boot camp. Uh, yes. All you have to do is get to the other end of the pool. All that's, yeah, that's, that's it? Well, that's... With, that's, with gear on? Uh, without gear on. Oh, okay. All the other uh, swim qualifications was with gear, learning how to inflate your uniform. Uh-huh. Use it at, like use a Boy it, Scout. Yes. I've use it that as, before. <laughs> yes. Uh, get air in there, capture it, and use it as a flotation device. Uh, and all, all, all is basically... Sur- uh, um, it's for is basically to uh, survive until the help comes, essentially. Okay. So, a uh, little tip: all the back, the, the 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 backpack that we wear mm-hmm. to hump around and, and do stuff with, great flotation device. That's pretty cool. Yes, there's, there, I know there's foam usually somewhere in it that uh, might w- work, like just float naturally. This is crazy to me because I feel like you've got to move that. Like I'm never gonna be able to share the mic with you if I keep hitting that. This all is right. detrimental to my life. Um, now I've forgotten what I was going to say. No, I always thought everything was so heavy. Yes, it, it is heavy. It is. But it actually helps a little. Right, because all, all the stuff, uh, yeah, airs get trapped in there when we pack it up yeah. and whatnot. And plus, uh, I believe there's uh, items in there that contain foam or other materials uh, that helps to, to float. Yeah. So literally, you jump in there, you go down, and it just yanks you right back up and you float. And it, it essentially, so if you see all those war movies with guys in a packet in the water. Yeah. They're deep. It's, it's, it's holding them up. Yes. Oh my! I, li- I my mind wondered. is blown right now, and I feel yes. so dumb because I just like never thought <laughs> through what might be in there. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa, that's a big bag. <laughs> like, yeah. that's so fascinating to me. That also makes me feel much better about how you said the swim qualification test was basically not swimming, and now I understand you have help, so yes. I feel more confident. <laughs> how do you get involved in triathlon? So that actually started even way before I went to the to the military. Oh uh, really? Uh, at least the inception of it of me doing one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started when I was a little kid, and I was was into sports. I was also into watching the Olympics. Uh, I was into track and field or whatnot. 
Uh, and one day, I saw the Iron Man World Championships on television. Was this like 80s, 90s? When was this? This was in the, I would say, late 80s. Okay. And I saw this event, this spectacle of people out there running, swimming, cycling, and whatnot. And I was like, man, that is crazy. <laughs> one, day, one of these days, I want to try that. And, and that, that's what I said to myself. I was like, oh, that would be cool, really cool to try that. So I kept that in mind. Years later, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually a runner, you know. Right. Um, I, that's my first love. I did track and field and cross country when I was in school. And I kept it going. Uh, even while in the military, I actually was on the uh, all-Marine uh, team. Cool. They, didn't, they, they expanded the team, but we formed up every time there's a, like a major race or whatnot. So mm -hmm. we have people, different places, they train, and then we get together to go to races. So we've done races like, you know, the Great Race in Pittsburgh and, uh, of course, Marine Corps Marathon course, and sir. Army 10 Miles and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah. Even even while while there, I started to meet people who would also dabble in triathlon and do cycling and whatnot, and I and I really didn't uh, actually start once I, after until after I got out in the military, started working and decided, hey, it's time for me to start pursuing that goal of mine, and I went and got myself my first bike. Nice. That's a big moment. Yes. That's a big moment. <laughs> I taught myself how to ride a bike. As an adult? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. I so think, I think I taught myself how to ride a bike when I was like 13, and that was hard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My parents didn't love me. They didn't teach me how to ride a bike. <laughs> I'm joking. My parents love the shit out of me. I was the third child, so they kind of like just fell off. Uh, he'll yeah. teach himself. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I sort of tried to... Ride a bike when I was I didn't own a bike. I used other kids' bike or whatnot and right. I got sort of a handle of it, but you know, after a while I, I didn't ride a bike for a long time, so you know. Right. Uh but yeah, taught myself how to ride a bike. Uh and then I decided to try to teach myself how to swim. <laughs> Good idea? Bad idea. Bad, very bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> very bad idea. That didn't go so well. <laughs> so I, I was I struggled a lot with it. Uh, as you could imagine, uh, I would be at the pool, and I would look around, and anyone in the pool in my vicinity, I would ask for pointers, like, can you help me out? Hey, you look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I, I recall one time I was at the pool, and there was a uh, some kids doing swim training. Mm. Uh, like swim practice or yes, something? Yes, yeah. Little kids, and their coach was there or whatnot. I literally asked one of the kids, hey, can you give me some pointers? <laughs> They were like, uh. And it's like, yeah, you just do this and, you know. It uh, just happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just do that. Like, wow. I was just going to say that'd be so funny if I was, like, if I'm at swim practice and that happens and then I realized that that used to happen all the time. Really? Really? Yeah. We had, it was like one of our practices, like some lane assignment got messed up. Like no one was supposed to be there. Like, mm -hmm. like a lot of times with club swim team practices, you practice before the pool's actually open. So no one's really there. Or you're there at a time that you take up so much space that no one else can be there. Mm. So you're used to being there alone. Something got messed up one summer at Mason and we're swimming um, just like next to lap swimmers. Um, but it was long course. And the lap swimmers, I don't know if they just didn't realize before they got in the pool or I, I don't know. But they shouldn't have been swimming long course. And so we were doing 
sprint 50s and mm-hmm. every time we got to the wall to wait because we were doing like race prep you waited for a really long time and people would sit at the wall that summer all summer can you watch me do this can you watch me do this every what? day <laughs> it was so weird. so weird it was the weirdest thing ever but it happened that whole summer and we were always like yeah of course this is fun like it was so much fun and we got to know like some people who were just lap swimmers in the middle of the day yeah. Oh my gosh. But it, I do remember someone asked someone who was not the person you want to talk to when they're working out, you know, that kid. And he was like, I'm literally in the middle of my training right now. And I'm like, bro, you're 16. This person literally just asked you to look at their kick for two seconds. And we're all standing here doing sprints. Like you're going to be here right. for five to 10 minutes doing focused nothing. On, focused on recovery. I mean, come on, relax. That really that was like the fine. taper off end of it when the like the first time someone said no, I was like, oh, you just made us all look like jerks. <laughs> like, and we were all having a great time this summer. <laughs> uh, so it was just that summer. I'm I'm curious, the time frame of when you were trying to work on learning how to swim, teaching yourself, mm-hmm. and when you met me. Oh, that, was that like close time frame, no, or was that a big that, span? That was a big span. Okay, so. I would say, so after like my, my attempts to learn how to swim, uh, a lot of things happened. I was dating at the time, got married and so forth. And uh, my first uh, experience with triathlon or, or, or meeting a team or any individual or, or organized group that, that was doing triathlon was at a triathlon expo out in Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So I went there, you know, with the sole purpose of like learning a little bit more and how to right. get into it and, and so forth. And then that's where I met uh, uh, Ed Jerkle. Yep. Team Z. Yep. Uh, and they gave me the whole spiel and, hey, this is what we do. We, if you don't know how to swim, ride a bike, run, whatever, we'll teach you. And I'm like, that's exactly what <laughs> I'm right up your for. alley. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn. I need to know learn how to swim. So. Uh, I, I signed up, you know, after that day, and I started with uh, Team Z and went to the swim practice. So, oh, man, that was a journey. So it took me six months to swim from one end of the, <laughs> of the lane to the other right? without stopping, without grabbing onto the uh, no fins. lane divider. No fins. Oh, no fins. Yes. It took me six months to do that. And then after that, it, you know, progressed uh, as far as being able to <laughs> do a 50 and a hundred. Right. And then breathing and then, you know, uh, my recollection, my recollection of you swimming back when I first met you, it was very much so sort of like a, I'm gonna call it a total immersion approach to swimming. Mm-hmm. A lot of over rotation, a lot of gliding. Yes. Right. And it was just. You have to explain what total immersion is now that you've said it. Total immersion is it's a program. It's it's a brand, basically. It's a brand of swimming and and specifically it's meant for geared towards people who want to be able to swim long distances quickly. Not fast. Mm -hmm. Meaning I want to learn quickly. Right. Um and it is low I think low entry. It will help you swim further easy but that's also detrimental in the long run right in that like not everyone's goal is just to finish right right some people's goal is to just finish and i think total immersion helps people achieve that other people's goals are more like okay now that i've just finished can i be faster at finishing 
So it's just a different approach. Um, and I think some of the science behind it lends itself to some detrimental things in swimming. Uh, but I think it does get people involved in swimming. I think it gets people achieving their goal. If mm-hmm. their goal is to just, you know, finish. Um, so I just, I think your swimming approach back then was very classically like total immersion approach. Yeah. I, I Did, was that intentional or was that like just because people were teaching you what they knew? A combination of people teaching me, teaching me what they knew and yeah. also me doing my own research and actually finding total immersion mm-hmm. and wanting to be able to swim. Uh, I want to say, I guess somewhat effortless, effortlessly. Sure. Uh, because I tend to jump in the water and just have a fight with the water. Yeah, and you're going to lose every time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm just ba- basically beating up the water, making a lot of splash, not going very far, getting extremely fatigued. And essentially that was holding me back as far as right. you know, being able to progress in, in, in that event. What were some of the things uh, in hindsight that you picked up from Total Immersion or that approach uh, that you were like, kind of like was a light bulb for you like oh i'm doing this all wrong i need to do this is there any do you know what i mean is there anything that you can think of i would say trying to stay relaxed in the water not to tense up okay uh yes because as soon as i hit, as soon as I hit that water i'm like all right i gotta do this i gotta make sure i have a strong stroke and do the kick and there's there's a lot of things going on while i'm in in the water and physically I, and mentally yes yeah and i'm a type of person i i think a lot sometimes i think too much and you've noticed this you've probably you know commented on this uh while training me uh and if anyone tells me something i try to focus on that and then I have to try to pile on all the other stuff I'm thinking about. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a big pile. <laughs> yes. So with total immersion, I guess it was like you start off just by floating, just propelling yourself from the wall mm-hmm. and just relaxing and getting your body to stay you know, afloat for as long as you can and whatnot. And that's where the glide came from. Like right. I, I do... So, so everybody always comments uh, about me when they look at me like, oh, yeah, you, you could be a great swimmer. You have all these long limbs and whatnot. <laughs> you should be able to stretch out and just, just glide right. and just right. propel yourself. No effort. Yes. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, huh, okay, I'll try that. <laughs> right. So, and, and yeah, and that's what I did. Like, I, I guess I uh, hold my, my, uh, my position longer than I guess should. In my opinion, yes. yes. Uh, and and I do this glide thing. Like I, I do one stroke and hold it for a while. And then I, again, right. it almost looks like a, a catch-up drill. You know? Right. And, and that's that's the thing. Like the catch-up drill was great for me, but also at, at a detriment because it became my swimming form. Right. <laughs> it becomes your freestyle all yes. of a sudden. I, I get it. Um, you know, for a really long time. You know, the, the approach to freestyle was a front quadrant freestyle. Um, and so with that comes gliding. And so I used to swim that way. And I recognized that if I did catch up drill early on in a workout, I swam flat. I couldn't rotate as well. Mm. And so then it just like slowly kind of went away from my actual swim practices. So because it was always just detriment to me because it always made me swim flat. Mm. But yeah, it turns into that like 
well, this is how I swim in practice. So this is what I'm going to do on in open water or right. this is what I'm doing in any event. All right. So it's, it's one of those drills that should be taught to a beginner, but should be quickly sort of removed from their swimming vocabulary. Like, okay, look, you float, you can make these arm movements. Now let's break that apart. Right. Right. So, um, I want one of the reasons why I asked you to be on the podcast was because you told me you started listening to our podcast, yes. which, <laughs> you know, when people tell me that it's always like, Woo, how far back did you start? Because it was a little rough at the beginning. And by a little, I mean a lot, <laughs> like we were very focused on specific things. I think more so than we are now. Um, you know, specifically like the first, I think six podcasts yep. that we did were very like, Let's talk about the recovery. Let's talk about posture. Let's talk about head position. Let's talk about whatever, kick, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Now it's less focused because there's so much gray area in swimming that it's not about here's what you're supposed to do to be better. It needs to be here's what you specifically need to do right. to be better. Yeah. It is. And so we, we can make certain blanket statements. Like we know certain foundations are going to help a majority of the people. Right. Um, and so when you told me you were listening to the podcast, I was like, oh, I want to hear from your perspective because you've done so much learning about swimming. Some of the differences from listening to the podcast and coming in for lessons now, having been through Swimbox's freestyle iterations, basically, mm -hmm. um, you know, we at Swimbox believe that like what we're teaching now shouldn't be exactly what we're teaching a year from now or two years from now. There's going to be changes, and those changes happen incrementally. They're never like big changes overnight. Because we're always sort of just testing the waters, seeing what happens. Oh, well, well, me saying this word or asking someone to do this movement is helpful. Can I do that for the next eight people that I see? Right. Oh, it works. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to include that into my coaching vocabulary now, my, my coaching toolbox now. And then so just freestyle over this like five and a half year span of Swimbox for us has definitely changed in a different approach. Um, and so initially, Dexter and I had talked about okay, let's set up a podcast after your third or fourth lesson so that, you know, you have some under your belt, you'll be able to explain some things or think about things differently. And what now we've done five, is that right? Yes. So we've done five now. And I, I personally feel like after the last lesson I saw you swim, you're making connections about what I'm talking about physically as well as conceptually. Yes. Um, I think most people can understand the approach but don't necessarily know how to apply it outright, especially when you're coming from a different background of like a front quadrant freestyle or a, a, a 90 degree rotation freestyle, you know, something like that. Um, so what stands out in your mind of sort of these changes with the contrast of what you used to think about swimming versus what you're learning about swimming now? Well, first I would like to say, uh, I really appreciate uh, your 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 coaching and the and and the methods or or are you gonna break up with me? <laughs> <laughs> it's not you, it's, it's me. <laughs> no. You're very welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like your approach because when I first started swimming, you know, and getting coached from uh, you know different people, they they were telling me you know basic the, the basic things that they they learn and as far as swimming and what uh, I guess all coaches would, would do at that time, you know, working on this and doing these drills and so forth. And, 
you know, uh, <laughs> at one point they were trying to like, you got to feel the water. You got to, you got to oh, be able I hate to feel. Oh, I hate I'm like, how is this, how is this supposed to, how is it supposed to feel? I don't know. <laughs> I know how, uh, when I'm on land, how that feels, you know, because the gravity pulls me down. I feel the, my feet uh, on the ground and so forth. But when I'm in water, there's no like touch points really for me. Like they're everywhere. Yeah. You're submerged. Right. So <laughs> it's like. Sensory uh, um, uh, deprivation. Almost overload or deprivation? Deprivation to where okay. I'm not used to being in, in that environment. Yeah. So I have no uh, idea how, how it's supposed to feel. Yeah. So, and that was that was the, the concept I was trying to, I was having issues grasping at the time. As someone who's been swimming for almost 30 years, you don't feel anything. There's <laughs> not, I never, like, I've never understood why people, they say that. Coaches say that to like swimmers, like competitive swimmers too. Like, well, you're not feeling it correctly today, or some iteration of that. And you're like, what? But as a kid, you're like, yeah, I'm not. Feel the water. I'm not. Fe- I'm not feeling it right today. Or like, grab the water. I don't know. <laughs> I like everyone says that, and there is no, no. It means nothing. My only thing that bad I coaching. think it is bad coaching. I do think that you. I'm. I don't want to get it confused with like having a good or bad rhythm. Cause I will have, I will be like off. Like I can feel off mm-hmm. quote unquote in the water, yeah. but it has nothing to do with like how the water feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like, I guess my best example would be like timing in butterfly mm-hmm. like that. I can get it. If I'm like, nah, it's a bad day. Like I can't, I can't swim correctly today. <laughs> like my timing will be off and you just have this clunky feeling, right. but that's you. <laughs> it's not the water. <laughs> like <laughs> So that's you, a great point. You, actually. Exactly. You. Yes. And I was about to say, the, the feel possibly comes from how you feel in mm-hmm. relation to the water and the level of effort that you're exerting yeah. and the amount of resistance that you would feel. Right. Because that's the only thing you can right. feel, right? Exactly. The water that you're pushing back against. Exactly. That's the only thing you can feel that's water. But other than that, yeah, that's just you. Like, I'm always like, no, that's me. <laughs> that's yeah. That's- yeah. I will say that one of my clients who I've been working with for a long time, um, we were doing a couple of, of drill work at, at Swimbox, and, and I can't remember exactly what it was that we were doing, but she had sort of this epiphany, and she said, oh, it actually feels like for the first time I'm making contact with the water, which in, in is a more elegant way of saying, mm-hmm. I feel the water. Resistance. Right. Right. She felt like she was actually pushing against yeah. something. Right. But that is a very specific concept versus feel the water. That's not specific enough and it's too broad too vague yes it is like a dog like what am i yeah like it doesn't really mean anything and i think it also borderlines on the idea that some coaches will say flow with the water Mm. and that really bothers me Mm. um because we're swimming through the water we're not being pushed by the water and if we're being pushed by the water we might not want that right unless i'm going that direction (laughs) i might not want that right so why would i flow with that yes yeah, those are those two comments to me really irk me. Like, right. ugh, cringy. But anyway, so you feel the water now? <laughs> <laughs> I feel a lot of things now. <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, like, so when when I first, uh, I think it was a clinic. You were doing like a clinic or something like that, and it's like I need all the help I could get. What clinic is this? Like, I'm going. I'm gonna do it. And then, like, I don't know for some reason. I don't know if you. If you latched onto me, he's like, oh, this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. Like, I need to help him out. <laughs> I like low-hanging fruit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and we started talking. And what else? He's like, all right, let's try this. Try, let's try that. 
so what the thing that that really that I really appreciate that you it was basically your methods are un- unorthodox compared to other oh, from yeah. coach. Yeah. You were willing to try different things, uh, things that 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 you you said you 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 literally said that I wouldn't give this to anyone else. <laughs> right, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I will. I I I'm, I want you to try this and see what happens. Why does this sound like how you picked me up though? Oh, hello. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Maybe, maybe You're ruining my game. I'm right? ruining it for everyone. <laughs> maybe that's a story for a different podcast. <laughs> Never. <laughs> do you remember what I, I asked you to do? Uh, you asked me to do a lot of things. <laughs> that's very true. Did he also do that? Line on you? My secrets are being revealed. Oh. You know, I asked him for a lesson once before. I, I, I vaguely remember this. Like, vaguely. it was when I was just swimming. I was just one of his swimmers, and I wanted, I mean, obviously, like, I was, like, obsessed with him and stalking him, but, like, that goes without saying. And I just was, like, I asked him for a lesson one day because leg- I was, like, I was, I was serious because I don't know how to catch properly. I do now, but still, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I still have to be like, okay, like these are the steps, pay attention. But he taught me how to actually engage my lats for the uh-huh. first time. I never knew how to do that before. Um, and he taught me that one day and I was like, can I have a lesson? Like I want, I want to get better at this. And he just like flat out, no. Oh, no, I'm oh. not going to give you a lesson. I'm not going to charge you for that. And I'm like, okay, can I have a free lesson? What's, <laughs> what, like, what, what's happening here? And he just would not hear of it, shut it down so quickly. And I was like, I think I'm actually offended. <laughs> what? In my defense, <laughs> I perceived that as you trying to hit on me. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> and I didn't want any boundaries to be crossed. That's all. Oh, he knew. Oh, I knew. Oh! <laughs> I wasn't married. I could do what I wanted. Mm, very fair. Um, going back to Dexter. <laughs> changing topics quickly. Hey, hey, it's not about you. It's about me. I <laughs> um, yeah, I would say I would say I'm personally I'm always willing to try something and being okay with it failing mm-hmm. because it's not a representation of my knowledge. And it's an opportunity for me to gain knowledge. Mm, yes. And I could say, just like I was saying, like, oh, well, that cue worked for Dexter. Maybe if I see someone else with similar movement patterns or similar issues, I can use that same cue if it worked for him. Right. So I'm going to try this. I'm going to throw it at the wall. And if it doesn't stick, it doesn't stick. No harm, no foul. It's not hurting Dexter to try this. Right. And I only get the benefit from it. So, yeah, let's try some different things that I wouldn't normally ask people to do. Right. That's typically how I think about these things so yeah and i think one of one of the things that you told me to do not to do was basically don't rotate oh, yes yes i do remember that yes. it's so weird that like a, that like triggered a memory yeah right because you don't tell people not to rotate but right. dexter was rotating so much he was beyond 90 degrees at some point yep. so it's like oh i have to tell him the exact opposite of what he's supposed to do so he ends up doing what he's trying to do mm-hmm. so which is funny because you still over rotate. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting much better now because yes. I think at that point uh, in my coaching, rotation or swimming in general was was in my perception of it was focused on isolated parts of the swim, um, and so you had to focus on rotation. Where now my coaching is 
if I get something to trigger the rotation, that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking to someone to force anything in their swim now. But before, it was like you have to force the rotation. You have to force your kick, and you have to force your recovery. All right, force your catch. Everything was like do this step, then do this step, versus now it's like if you do this, then this will happen. Right. So it's a big difference of coaching. Um, and I, I slightly had this conversation with one of our – strength and conditioning coach friends, Jarrett, who comes up on the topic of the podcast all the time because <laughs> Jamie was on the podcast, right? He's too busy to come on the podcast. So I'll just drop his name. Um, <clears throat> but I sent him a picture from a couple of years ago of him doing some programming with somebody. And he was like, Oh my God, I don't do that anymore. I've changed the way I coach so much. Mm. And it made me really think about how different my approach is to coaching now than it was eight years ago or 10 years ago. It's right. just completely different. And if it, five years ago, yeah, absolutely. I mean, having the endless pool changed the way I view swimming. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that, that, uh, capability enables everyone to, especially coach to stand right there and look at their, their, their swimmer and how, how they're moving and the reaction or, or the outcome of their movements. Right. Mm -hmm. So before, you're at the edge of a pool, and you only get to see them when, when they're coming towards the wall. They push off. You get to see it a little bit. And then after that, it's like, okay, maybe they're doing it right. Maybe they're not. Right. Or I, if I try to chase you down the lane, if you're on the bot, like the end lane, right. I could run up and down the side. But even then, I'm trying not to run into flagpoles. I'm trying right. to like not trip over my own feet yeah, while I watch you. There's so much water, too. Yeah. Right. And you don't know what you're actually seeing. Exactly. Like, I mean... Sorry, I'm so bad with this mic. Um, I, I've only ever given a handful of lessons in my life. Um, and I just remember I was trying to look at some kid's breaststroke kick off of a push from the wall. And I'm like two lanes out in a summer pool, like leaning over. You can't, it so distorts what you're actually seeing. And like, I didn't know that, I, I figured that out the first one I gave. I'm like, I can't see what you're doing. So I just got in the pool with them. And then I think I realized later, I'm like, does everyone else just think it's okay to not really know? Cause I just, I barely gave lessons. Like yeah. I, you had to as a lifeguard saying so I gave like five, but it's very strange because you must know that it's being distorted. You can see that it's being distorted and you're just sort of like, hmm, this is the best I can do here. And yes, no yeah. one talks about it. Right. Like no one, even your coaches at practice on club teams, they can't see what you're doing when you just did a sprint 50 yeah. in long course. And they're at the other end of the pool from where you started. I don't care if they walk along the side of the pool and stare at you the whole time. You can't tell. And it's like, I'm not saying that someone's doing anything wrong. It's just, you don't really fully understand the concept of what you can't see until you can see it. Right. And then you're like, Oh my God. Like it just has so much more gravity to the issue. Yeah. I guess. I, guess. I, I had, I had that moment with the endless pool yeah. where I knew I realized after like the first month of, of doing lessons out of the endless pool, was, oh, I was lying to myself, believing I knew what was happening underwater. What I was perceiving was completely off. Right. And, and even now, it's like I never will coach somebody about underwater work unless I film underwater first. I, li like, I literally just thought it was this like unspoken thing. Like it's like we're just gonna ignore the fact that so I can't really see, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you what I think I can see, and you're just gonna go with it. That's what yeah. it is. And that, I mean that is what it is. But like as a 
as a swimmer, especially someone learning or something like that, you don't know. You've never tried to look at someone's body move under moving water right. to understand the distortion. You wouldn't know. I think this is actually a great sort of cautionary tale as well for anyone who's listening who is a beginner swimmer who's watching other swimmers and go, well, why, did that, why does that look so easy when they do it? Right. Because you can't see what's happening under the water where all the work is being done. Mm -hmm. So it should look easy above the water. If it if it's not easy looking above the water, they're either sprinting or doing something terribly wrong. Hmm. Or they're already an Olympian and you don't want to touch their stroke. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. We had fast yeah. kids on my team that our coaches like. I would, they were just like, we're not. I'm not going to worry about that. But they were sprinters. What are you going to do? Yeah. To mm. the like 17 year old kid, you know, like, eh, he's go. probably going to just do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Now, now. Take all what all of what you said now from my perspective. I'm a new beginner, uh, new swimmer, and I have no idea. I think I'm, I'm like so when I'm in the water and I'm doing you know uh, uh, practice or whatnot, and I'm swimming, and I'm trying to take in what, what what's said to me as far as you know how I should swim, you know my, my stroke and this and that, and I think I'm doing it right. Yep. But in reality, I am not. Not right. even close. <laughs> right. And then you have, you know, uh, coaches and, and trainers outside of the pool looking at you and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're good or, or do this and that. Right. So it's like, okay, I have no, I, have, I think I'm doing something good, but, you know, I, really, in reality, I have no idea what I'm doing, you know, in right. the water, how it feels and all that stuff. And you're at the edge of the pool and you're telling me, you know. You're My best guess is that you're doing it right. Yes. <laughs> so... You it, got back here, so you must have done it right. Good job. <laughs> it's difficult. So it's like a reinforcing – that's a perfect way to reinforce bad habits. Yeah. And yeah. bad form and all that stuff. So I know you've, you've spoken about, you know, all of the swim form of what you've been taught and what you've done over the years and the issues you've had, especially with the, the shoulders. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's imperative that, you know, the utilization of, you know, cameras underwater and – the endless swimming pool and whatnot to be able to focus in on the individual yeah. issues to uh, fix uh, yeah, and, issues or whatnot. And, you know, those are helpful tools, yes. right? But then it's also catering the approach to the individual, mm -hmm. right? Not everyone's going to have the same posture and that's going to affect how they float or how they move their limbs. And then, well, okay, what limitations do they have because of their posture? And I typically work with adults, so they have limitations. They've been beaten up. They've lived a life. How do we use those limitations to the best effect, basically? Right. Um, and going back to the, this concept of, like, feel the water idea, most people, I think you guys were right in, in saying that you feel yourself. You feel internally. And most people feel their range of motion off of their limitation. Hmm. Like, I can only move my arm to this point, so I must be doing it right. Right. I think we might have said this. I know I've said this out loud, but I don't know if we said it on the podcast. I equate it to doing yoga with Down Dog. I love doing yoga with mm -hmm. Down Dog. That's it's a app. great app um, because no one's there watching you, right? Mm -hmm. It's just you. Uh, and you can look as bad as you want. But they give you cues. They're not watching you. They right. don't know how deep you are into a pose. Mm -hmm. And so when they say, get even deeper... My monkey brain goes, yeah, I'm going to get even deeper. And then pop. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. wait, I should have felt that limitation before I pushed. Right. Right. So it's that same thing. If 
if I'm coaching you to do something and you feel a limitation, but I don't know there's a limitation there and I keep telling you to do it, you're going to try to do it. Right. It's just how we're built. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's also like a, a, in a retentive sort of personality. Hmm. Like I want to do this yoga pose the best I can. I want to do this freestyle stroke yes. the best I yes. can. And so if I don't feel like, oh, there's not enough movement in my arm, I'm going to create that movement. Yeah. So Hence I get the rotation. <laughs> yeah. I can't feel that I'm rotating or I need to get this breath. I'm going to really rotate to get yes. this breath. And I know yes. that's why you over rotated back then was yes. you basically were going to your back to get a breath, just yeah. like you were a Marine in that pool getting survival backstroke lessons. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what it was. Yeah. Back then, yeah. So so where are you at now with your swimming? Oh, in a better place. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> so getting back to, you know, um, getting to feel or being able to feel things in the water. So just this morning I was at, in, at the pool and yep. I was – Going over what we what we talked about in our session on Friday mm-hmm. and doing the drills that you uh, uh, recommended, uh, which, which are which get, get specific. So I was doing basically the uh, kayaking drill, uh, the pole vaulting drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was I pole doing? The, it's uh, on YouTube. No, I know. Uh, single arm uh, triangle, triangle drill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were the three main drills that I that I worked on, and also kicking with the bands while you were swimming. While right? I was swimming, yes. Good job. Yes. So not fun. <laughs> How'd that go? Actually, it's better because I, I luckily I started uh, you know earlier on with that because mm-hmm. I saw it in, in in one of your videos. I'm like, oh, maybe I should try that. <laughs> <laughs> Completely exhausting when I first tried it. It it, it was wow, uh, but it really taught me like you know my range of motion with my legs shouldn't be that wide because i've been commenting before not by yourself and others that I, my kick is too too wide yeah and especially when i'm when i'm rotating yeah so i need to kick it you know uh keep it the range of motion short and band around the ankles while yes. we're kicking yes. working on up kick that deal yeah or just we keeping a nice tight consistent kick right okay okay i've never actually done that you have in a video in a video isn't real <laughs> well, it is real. Well, I mean, it real. happened. It helped me out because I watched that same video oh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. If Lisa could do it, I could do it. Exactly. Whatever, easy. <laughs> that one, and then whenever you put weights on people, I always want to just do that for myself, but I never do. And then every t- it just fascinates me anytime he, like, if I'm there, um, which I'm never nowadays, but when I used to be there and I would watch people do those things, it's just mean it's crazy from an outside perspective i mean yes i'm like i own swim box too but i'm not a coach i do all the back end stuff and if you watch someone before he adds weight to them and then after and then if that person is like well i didn't feel any different like i'd literally have to like not laugh out loud (laughs) like you have no idea and it's just i think that body awareness plays such an interesting part in swimming and it's it's not really a thing that you can well, I'm going to go practice my body awareness. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, kind of, but like, that's like a bullet point. That's not the overarching umbrella. And I don't know how you just do that. You, you have to like, I believe you have to develop that over time. Right. It's, it's right. A, it's the same thing with running and even with cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know with running for me, I have, uh, I, I feel like I have a great body of awareness when I'm running. I literally could change my running form 
while I'm running mm-hmm. and there's I could feel a difference like if I'm using more of my hips and, and quads or whatever versus my glutes so fun fact uh you know like rewinding when I was running in back in high school and whatnot this is what I was thinking I, u- I used a lot of my glutes because especially during cross country going up the hills up and down the hills mm-hmm. yeah. by the time I finish my, my my race my glutes are screaming mm-hmm. fast forward as an adult I finish uh, finish a race my glutes nothing 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 at all everything else screaming my glutes nothing at all and only later on when you know i did a little more research talking to people and doing certain drills i'm like i'm not using my glutes at all I'm like this is not good so oh, wow so just like with swimming how we are taught and you know how we approach it change over time right and especially for long distance uh, runner and you know being triathletes or very anal and you know get into the details and whatnot uh looking for as much uh advantage as they can they're really focusing on on certain things and you know one of the things is that you know we're not using our glutes especially as adults you know going out there working sitting down at a desk all the time and whatnot so yeah we develop these bad habits yeah every time i go up a hill every time i'm like crap why am i feeling my quads i gotta fix this I gotta like figure out the posture, you the position. You always yell at me about that too. Mm-hmm. Least favorite sport. Lisa <laughs> <laughs> is not a runner. <laughs> you know that's She's all right. She's a swimmer though. That's all right. When I stopped swimming in college, and it, uh, I was like, "Oh, you need to work out. Like you're a real person now. Like you have to now pay attention to this and take mm-hmm. care of yourself." My, I remember my first initial <laughs> workouts. <laughs> this is embarrassing. I would literally go to my college gym and I would run. A mile. One mile. How long did that take? Well, I would run it at, the, at whatever speed six was. <laughs> On the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. Ten minutes maybe? Is that correct? Yeah, I think it would take me like yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. I, I told you I'm not. And I was like dead from it. And then I'd walk uphill some on the treadmill and I'd watch some TV. And then I would literally just do like two random weight lifts. I'd just <laughs> mosey on out of the gym like I worked out. That's pathetic to me right now well actually i couldn't i couldn't do that right now i probably couldn't do that right now because i don't (laughs) run but a a collegiate swimmer and i'm like i'm moving from my workouts my doubles (laughs) to running a mile yeah 10 pound bicep curls (laughs) (laughs) hey we gotta start somewhere gotta start somewhere just gotta always remind yourself gotta start somewhere yeah (laughs) you tried you did try you tried you're unfortunately genetically i think you're not built for it you you break easily when it comes to running i have the knees of like a 150 year old mm. yeah. maybe you should start on the bike first no she's done triathlons i've done a couple dexter the first triathlon i did i think i've talked about this before so i'll keep it brief um we it was at lake anna mm-hmm. it was the giant acorn okay so i'm pretty like one of the first few people out on the swim, but then I'm just wandering around. Like I have just a random bike about a Craigslist. I don't have clip in shoes. Cause I'm like, I'm not learning how to do that. That scares me. And so I'm just about to have everyone fall like completely past me. Right. I've mm-hmm. lost all of my talent in the race. I would get, I turn out of the bike, whatever. I don't know what you call that transition, transition area. area. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to the road, which is just when the course starts. And I have been biking for like five seconds. Someone comes up behind me and he says, passing on your right. And I'm thinking to myself, no, 
no, I read the rules. You don't pass me on my right. I stay on my right. No, you're not. I'm staying here and I'm going to act like I did not hear you. Says it again. I'm like, no, you're not. He hits the back of my tire on the right-hand side. And then if you've been on that road, there is a giant ditch right off the road. Mm -hmm. And he just fell into the ditch. And I'm biking, not very quickly. Shit! And I'm like, I didn't, did I do that? Did I knock this person (laughs) off of that? Yes. But that's how I started it. And I'm like, this is a terrible feeling. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to move. But then like... I only did one try after that. But the, <laughs> like the bike is so scary to me. I, I don't know why, especially like biking around here in Northern Virginia. Like if mm-hmm. I get on, cause I used, I used to bike when I did these couple, um, what is it? What is the bike path around 66? W O and D W and O D. Yeah. That's, that's one of them. And there's a, a few that's others. Old town. Is that towards Washington? That's, um, uh, about run. No, no. Um, Oh, See, it's right? My mind. Whatever these There's paths like, are. person listening to this podcast. They're like, I know it. I know it. How <laughs> <laughs> um, can you not know? <laughs> <laughs> but there's sk- people are psycho on those bike paths. Like, I, I, we, we, like, like as far as uh, how fast they're going. How or? fast they're going, how little attention they're paying. Like, these are the people who are cyclists. You know, like, yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah. I do not know yeah. what I'm doing. And I never felt. I always felt like I was going to cause a problem because mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I probably shouldn't have been on the bike path. Like, well, I, I don't know. Yeah. I always felt in the way, especially I, I like after work, everyone's out doing their try. People around here do triathlon all the time. It's a thing that's full of people who know what they're doing. They're going so fast. Everyone has got their, their clips in and they have those hand, their, their arrow bars and they're down in their arrow bars. And I'm like, listen, it's like six 15 on a Tuesday. I'm just trying to get in like what? 20 miles, which sounds insane to me right now, but it's nothing. <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> I was just so, I just being on the bike would just always wear me down. I'm like, I feel like terrible. I'm not athletic. I can't do any of this stuff. And I get off the bike and I'd be dead. And I'd done like a mile and a half. It's, path- well, it's pathetic. So I, I would say, if you're a new rider and getting on the back bike path can be a little bit nerve wracking because you have mm-hmm. other traffic on there, people. Mm-hmm. So it's probably best if you get out to the countryside or get on the WOND that heads, heads out towards Percyville where you have longer stretch and very few people on there. So where you could just open right. up a little bit and whatnot. It's so windy too. Yeah. I think that's my main thing is that the, where I was, it was so windy and there were so many spots that I was like, I would come up on a, on a turn and I don't know who's coming right. and I'm going to do that turning correctly. Right. Like I just know that whoever's coming is going to be right. And I'm going to be wrong and I could collide with them and it just would, I think it's too scary to me. I've never broken a bone. Like I, I just feel like the more I get on things like that, like I'm going to die. Like, I, I don't know. Like the older I get, I'm like people bike at like 30 miles an hour and that's not even that fast. Like they, people go way faster than that without a care in the world. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. It can, yeah. It can, it can get scary, but yeah. you might be a perfect candidate for like uh, uh, cycling applications like Swift. So we could be in your own home. What was that? I did love a Peloton. Yes. I did. You know what? You it go. was a great workout. And I hardcore judged everyone before I got on one. <laughs> and I, got, I was like, I got to do this. It was great. It was very, it was a really good workout. But to me, like, that's not the same, right? In any way. Well, Peloton, but if you, if you get on like Zwift, you actually ride on, ride on, in a, on a virtual course. And it's basically like outside. You're climbing hills oh, okay. and all that stuff. And then you could also get the draft off of other people. Okay. Without the, that's you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It is really cool. So yeah. a Peloton class is sort of like the same concepts, 
but not telethons were like a spin class right oh a spin class so yes. that's what i did i did one yes. of those like group led things mm-hmm. right. it would, i mean it was hard it was great but i thought i just saw yesterday i found a stationary bike that is a gaming oh. bike mm. and the handlebars actually have like controllers. controller buttons on it nice and you go through and you could like look at the games they have it's like bumper cars and like oh it's really fun looking yeah. like oh if i actually get a stationary mark this is probably what i want <laughs> i hate cycling by the way that's that's yeah. why that's that's we one way get to get over that <laughs> <laughs> maybe let's get back to swimming <laughs> right 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 but but as far as the transition of what was taught or what you were teaching you know when we first uh uh, teamed up and whatnot to now yes they are but when i first started back again with you you're like okay do you recall what what, what we were teaching you back then i was like yeah I, I definitely like yeah forget all that we just, <laughs> it's all changed <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> scratch that uh but but i think you know just like running just like cycling you know training methods evolve you know it yeah. has to you know, we look at, uh, we get all of the data. Everybody's all about the data. You know, we look at the data, you look at statistics, and you look at uh, athletes and how they train and, and race and look at the rate of injuries and the issues that they have. And, you know, with science and looking at their uh, biology and body co- composition and so forth and all the issues that they've had, they're like, oh, you know what? We've been doing it wrong. Right. You know? So one thing I do... Uh, remember swimming years ago uh coming out of the water my shoulders were always like burning that's not and, good and you were yes you were <laughs> warning me about that and it's like i don't know what what am i supposed to do like i'm, I'm trying so my form was like i was u- utilizing a lot of my top of my shoulders and whatnot versus my my lats versus and, your lat and your back in right general. exactly yeah. So I would come out of the water literally with my shoulders burning and, you know, aching and whatnot. So you tried to address that uh, when we first started. But now it's even better now. I would agree. Because when I, I, when I come out of the water now or out of the pool, my back is the one that's, that's burning. Excellent. I, don't <laughs> feel, I, I hardly feel anything in my shoulders. So Good. that's, that's a definite, that definite uh, you know, thing that I recognize now. Uh, from when I first started to to now, and actually, um, I just want to interject for a second and say the the work that should be done in the shoulders should feel similar to the amount of work that you would do during jumping jacks, where it's just a repetitive mm. motion of holding your arm up right. that is going to fatigue your shoulder, not the hard work of actual swimming. Right. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? I just like. Repetitive I was just actions. thinking that was a really good way to put it. Because you're, you're it, like you are gonna get tired from it, but it shouldn't be what you're saying, right. like that pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that is the, the jump rope thing is a good. Jumping jacks, but jump rope. Oh. Well, that'd be a big jump rope. <laughs> I meant jumping jacks. <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> <A> giant <laughs> Just giant jump rope forever. God, that'd yeah. be awful. Break your shoulders. Yeah, that's oh not man. Good <laughs> if you survive that, you have one hell of a shoulder. Yeah, you would. Good yeah. mobility. Um, so. But yeah, the, the motion with the arm and the, and the recovery, you know, you m- emphasize on a slightly straighter arm yep. recovery versus keeping it bent. And that works a lot because I've Keep tried it. it. Forcing. We don't need to force the bend. Right. Right. Because yes. I've tried it in the pool. I'm like, oh, what's the difference? So, you know, I, I tried it. I, I swam with my regular form, you know, bending my, my uh, elbow. So 
before we used to do trace the line from your hips all the way up to your right. to your zipper uh, drill your, yep. your pocket of your um, uh, armpit and so that's that's what I used to try to emphasize and whatnot and keeping it close and I noticed right away shoulder yep so so now you I, I try your method as far as a more straighter arm recovery and getting a wide out there and hardly anything is like oh, oh that feels yeah. so much better we're, we're using your natural uh, mobility mm. in natural uh, anatomy to move and I don't think swimming is a natural sport to humans. I think for some humans, they, they take to it, but it's still not natural. And so people saying things like, well, that doesn't feel natural. Well, swimming shouldn't really feel natural. We're, we're, I said this on Saturday. We did a clinic with a bunch of triathletes on Saturday. Um, and sometimes I know I get very weird with my cues or the, the mental images that I'm trying to paint for people. But I asked them to consider themselves to be quadrupeds when they're in the water versus bipeds. Right. Because quadrupeds don't move their limbs behind them. Mm. Oh, right. You need to define those now. <laughs> A quadruped is an animal that has four legs, like Evie. Our dog. Yes. Yeah. A biped is like you. Listen. <laughs> Some people don't know these terms. Not everyone reads all the things you read. Right, but it, it plays. I didn't know. I knew what you were talking about. I didn't know those terms. I'm happy to clarify. Oh, are uh, you? But it goes back to this concept of front crawl because we're yes. just really crawling through the water. Mm -hmm. And if you think of your arms now as like a, of the front legs, yes. right? Those stay in front of you. They don't go behind you. Um, and I, I'm always amazed when I ask Dexter to do something without his arms, how well he floats. Yes, yeah. That's, I'm that's, always that's, like, that's... you float so well. <laughs> and then as soon as he adds his arms, he starts sinking because his arms tend to go behind, to go behind him. That's interesting. So I, I remember when I first started you know, with you, I had trouble keeping my back end up. And I'm always sinking in the back. Like I'm literally like... Uh, you know, diagonally swimming, like my, my, my front end will be up and my legs will be sinking all the way down. So right. now it's, uh, it's better. It's, it's, it's actually because of your arms, by the way. Oh, okay. Because when you bring your arms behind you, you open your chest up. Yes. Um, and just because of your posture, when you do that, I think that's more of a natural posture for you to be in, mm. in the open chest posture, your legs are going to sink. Yeah. Right, so it's like your chest is becoming accommodating for your arms, or your arms are forcing your chest to do that. See you later, legs. Yeah, but when you don't use your arms, you float really well. Yeah, it's really really fun to watch. I'm really good with the <laughs> with the one arm drill, one arm uh, swimming uh, drill. So do you go faster with one arm? I wouldn't say I would go faster. I'll probably say I would go as fast because because I've wow. I've, not I've noticed that when I'm doing one arm uh, swimming. Uh, I'm going at the speed or sometimes faster as the person in the next lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to feel good, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Un unless, unless they're a really good swimmer, then, the, yeah, they're You're just going to yeah. throw that out. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, it is because this morning I was doing the one-arm uh, triangle drill, and I was like, yeah, this is easy. I, you know, I could just keep this up the, the, the whole way. I like, just switch <laughs> arm when the, the other arm gets tired. I'm fine. Yeah, you do like 1.2 on the left side. Yeah. One point two on the right side, you're good. There you go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Race is over. Uh, I mean, that's. I think that's why uh, kayak drill for you 
should be a very powerful drill because it teaches you to keep your arms on that front plane right better than what you tend to do like your you i think you search for that limitation in your shoulder joint where like oh i can feel my shoulder at its end point now yes. i must bring it forward now yes which yes. you shouldn't feel anything that gives you that indication and i probably repeat this a hundred times a week mm-hmm. you know people tell me oh when i start to feather out it feels like i'm cutting my stroke short i had somebody yesterday tell me that and I had to film her because she didn't 100% believe me that it was actually longer than what she was doing mm. previously. Yeah, so it's a really weird it's – it's, it's a trick. Your brain is playing a trick on you because her hand during her warm-up was exiting about at the top of her pelvis, the bottom of her waist. Mm. But the range of motion was greater because her arm was going up and using the front of her shoulder joint. Yeah. Versus oh. keeping her arm below her under the water longer, it felt like a shorter range of motion. But right. when I filmed her, she can see her hand was actually finishing at like where her front pocket would be, basically. Right. So speaking of that, yes, torpedo drill. Mm-hmm. So we went over that last time on Friday. I don't know that one. Not torpedo. Sorry, uh, pole vaulting drill. Sorry. Tor- so tor- torpedo drill, just for clarification, is just kicking on your stomach with your hands right. by your side. Right. <laughs> Head first kicking, basically. Right. Oh, man. My well, coach has always just told me I had to kick with my arms at my side. I could have had a really cool name. I mean, <laughs> nobody knew. What a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Right. So, not torpedo drill, but uh, pole, vault. pole vaulting drill. So, with that, so this is getting back to the, to the feel. Uh-huh. Uh, keeping my, my hand, the non... One hand down to my waist, uh, pocket uh, down to my pocket area. Right. Slightly uh, out in front to, to mm-hmm. where I would normally finish, should finish uh, my Got stroke. It. The other arm extended out in front of me. How much rotation do you have through your hips? Uh, enough to where I feel my elbow <laughs> exit out of the water. Beautifully said. It's like he this is why. His He's been drilling me. Uncanny. He's such a good student. Gold star for death. So that's what we worked on Friday. Right. This morning, I, I, I was doing the, uh, the uh, pole vaulting drill, and now I have that cue. So before, I, I paid no attention to how it feels when my arm exits out of water, except when I reached to, to that point ah. uh, on, in my shoulder to lift up and whatnot. So that really helps a lot for me. So is it the sensation of your elbow kind of exiting the water yes. that you're feeling? Yes. The, the change and specifically the change in temperature yes. <laughs> on my elbow because you, the water is one temperature. Well, once you get outside and the air temperature is different, you feel it. Right. So that's what I was feeling and, and looking for. I'm like, Oh, this is how you do it. Okay. And with that helps with the rotation, limiting the rotation and also mm-hmm. limiting the range of motion of my arm, ensuring that it's not going too far back, which will also increase my rotation. Correct. Whatever you want, you can start coaching for. <laughs> I have nothing to add. I don't. I mean, like, it's literally like he's you're you're like a conduit for the things he says, <laughs> which is in, which is impressive because I hear him say them all the time, guaranteed more than you, and I can't. Right. I can't spit him back out like that. Well, for, for me... That's impressive. For me, it's it's listening to what he said and actually 
executing it and then getting those cues. Actually, literally, because it's one thing to say something mm-hmm. and you try to do it and hopefully what they say is what you're doing and you hope you could, you could link the two together, you know, with your, how you feel, how your body feels and how it uh, perceives those, the effort, the cues and whatnot. And so I take in what he, what he, what he says in, uh, to me and then I go, go into the water, try to execute it and then I put it to together. Oh, this is what he's talking about. Keep my, my hand here. I feel my elbow exiting out of the water. Without having to move your arm. Right. And literally, I, once, once I get to that position, I rotate my hips, and that, that's when I feel my elbow exit out of the water. And I'm like, oh, now it's time for the recovery. And I bring my arm uh, out and do my wide recovery. Yep. And at the same time, I am catching on, catching the, on the other uh, other side. Right. I like how you just explained that because I feel like it, it sheds light onto the fact that like there's a, a big mental component to like being able to make these changes. Yes. I, I feel like even um just like the older i get the more difficult it is for me to learn a new skill and i have to focus so so much more of my i don't know brain power on thinking it through than i ever used to yeah and i I just i feel like people don't want to don't want to understand the fact that they have to actually try but not not physically sometimes like it's hard to yeah. get certain concepts across if you're not going to put the mental effort into it as well. Right. So like that, I mean, that's, and that's to, awesome of you because so few people do that or it's very hard or, or once they get it, they're like, Oh, I don't know why I wasn't doing this. It's like, you have to put your all into it. It's not going to be, no, like you said, it's not a natural thing. Yeah. You're not, yeah. no, you're not that little baby who gets, yeah. swims across the pool real quick. And like, oh my God natural talent no, no that's not there anymore like yeah. it's it's yeah. very yeah. difficult so yeah. that was, was a good way to put it into to sort of comment on on that thought process it's really important to me as a coach to give physical cues that you're going to feel mm-hmm. and you can connect with because i know my words are going to be filtered differently than what i intended them to be filtered by or right. how and i do have some clients I wouldn't call this like something that bothers me to hear, but it always makes me sort of like chuckle to myself when someone comes in and says, just tell me exactly what to do. Mm. That's not how this works. Yeah. Right. Or I, it always makes me laugh when somebody tells me something that I told them like a year or two years ago is really helping. Like, (laughs) like they've had this epiphany themselves. Like they never heard me tell them this and they go, Oh yeah. Like, if I actually do recover completely above the surface of the water, I swim so much faster. It just makes me laugh to myself. Like, yeah, that's why I taught that to you two years ago. It's, it really helps. Yeah. Right. So it's just people are going to process information slower. Some people are going to process information mm-hmm. differently. And so I've got to find ways as a coach that they can feel what I'm asking them to feel. Right. And if they can do that, then they can start making their own conclusions. That's important. So as far as methods to make them feel what you're you're trying to explain, the use of props. Props. <laughs> Toys. You, yes. You you you're you're really good with that. Especially, you know, with the bands you have me get into the yeah. water with the bands and whatnot. Uh that really helped a lot. Especially with the kayaking drill. Mm-hmm. Uh now I think we also did like the single arm I did the single arm, you know drill 
with the band. Yeah. Down at the side, the other yeah. one stretched out. So that, I guess that to help with the uh, recovery. Yeah. So there's like two variations of drills, and, and they're on YouTube actually. I don't yeah. know if you look for them or not, but I did. Um, there are like two variations. You can have a one arm freestyle drill with an exercise band with your arm out in front, and then with that arm down, and it changes what the focus is. If your arm is out in front, it's going to force the pulling arm to work harder in the back of the stroke. And if the inactive arm is down, it forces the recovering arm to work harder to recover. Right. Which is all good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that other drill? Uh, going the secret there? conductor with a band. Yes. That. Uh, I don't know if we have that one on YouTube. You do, I believe. With a band or no? Uh, we have some variation of it. I don't think it's called yeah, we started no, calling it right. secret secret conductor because one of the other instructors was asking for some drills to help his client finish his stroke, and I was demonstrating it to him, and I was like, "Yeah, it just feels like you're conducting a band, but you know, secretly because you're right. down here." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it just kind of like morphed into what we call it now. Right. I think on on YouTube, it's like egg beater or something to that effect. Right. <laughs> List has got a blank <laughs> blank everything. <laughs> No all the listeners could go on there and, and hunt down. Go on YouTube and look. Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, but that that drill also also helped out as far as where uh, my hand position as far as when when finishing. So with that, I noticed that I f- I feel like I finish better on my right versus my left. Mm-hmm. And I, I explained this to you the other day, like I have like this range of motion issue with my left, but. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to demonstrate it to you while I was at the uh, (laughs) during the session. Uh, But I think that's also due to like maybe uh, either fatigue or you know at that time I had some issues uh, going on on my left side or something like that. But uh, but yeah, you know it it just teaches you teaches you you know body position and you know where you need to end up uh, specifically to yourself because somebody could have like different. Length of limbs and whatnot, and their their Just their finishing things. area is different than mine. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I make you hold you know, fifteen pound weights so you can start to feel how far away your elbows are supposed right. to be from your body, how wide they can yes. be, because that does change for people. Some people are going to be wider, some people are going to be more narrow, some people right. will be a little bit closer to their body, right? And so that gives that indication on land which then you can convert to your movement in the water, basically. Right. Um, and it was really interesting. When I first learned that there's this connection of um, the shoulder blade being down and the elbow being forward causes your core to react. Once I, I started, I learned that um, one of the physical therapists that is also a strength and conditioning coach that we know also sort of had this same realization around the same exact time. And mm-hmm. he was working with another strength and conditioning coach trying to like demonstrate this, I don't know, kinesiology to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other strength and conditioning coach couldn't find that position. And I walked back, you know, not as a strength and conditioning coach, but as a swim coach, I recognized, oh, that his elbow's too wide. That's why he's not feeling it. And I mm-hmm. moved his elbow in for him. He's like, oh shit, there it is. Right. All right. So everyone's a little bit different and everyone has to be sort of, managed in a different approach right so that that in you know going on into this continuing on this concept 
for me, posture is the foundation of everyone swimming. So when I see Dexter floating really well, because he has good posture when he's floating, it is then a question of, well, what is it that he's doing with his arms or his legs that breaks that posture? And the finish of the stroke should help reinforce good posture. Mm. So if someone's finishing too close to their body or um, pushing up towards the surface, their posture is going to change. All right. So if I can teach someone how to get into that feedback loop of good posture equals a good finish, a good finish equals a good recovery, good recovery equals good posture and a good catch and a good catch equals, you know, good activation across across the body. Right. All these things start happening. Then I don't have to coach anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> at least that individual then is now to the next person <laughs> right at least that was a lot of steps you don't coach anymore i kind of need you to coach <laughs> i'm talking about for that individual it's like like tune-ups basically at that point it's like evie come here all right come here all right then it's at that point it's like oh this person's getting these feedback loops yeah what is the next thing i need to work on with right them? what's the next feedback loop and then at some point it's like okay well what happens when they get so fatigued they don't feel these feedback loops how do i help them with that yeah right? so there's always just coaching involved but it's not the same i know i'm kidding i'm the one who's always like hey guys doesn't michael phelps still have a coach <laughs> yes yes he does now let's continue <laughs> <laughs> i got you <laughs> he doesn't swim anymore though right it's a big it's a big name okay it's what i always used to say katie ledecky has a coach who, who i can oh gosh give me a real young one um ooh. caleb dressel caleb dressel he's not that young he's 23 now tori husk got That's a right. coach got a coach 20, 23 is not that young my god <laughs> isn't it sad for swimming yeah. it's so sad you oh and now and now that i'm older and i watch like college football i'm looking at these babies on the screen you know, how am i supposed to how do people watch this and bet money on these children <laughs> that's a great what question. what but as a kid you're like oh. like it's like oh you're in awe of these like adults who have all these cool things yeah. like, i'm like no that's a 20 year old who's eating ramen for dinner and is upset that they have a paper to write like let's <laughs> perspective guys <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> now um you know, at 23, as a swimmer, as a male, probably not that old, really. Hmm. Um, you know, Jason Lezak, mm-hmm. is that his name, right? He swam in the Olympics at 35 or something like that. So Yeah, wasn't there, there was the uh, last Olympics that they were able to do uh, female, I think she was in her 40s? Dara Torres? Dara Torres was in the Olympics at a pretty old age for a female swimmer to be right. in the Olympics. But she was doing one event, and that was a couple Olympics ago, I think. Okay. Um, what's you know what's I had the realization on Saturday when we were doing that tri clinic that for now on, for the rest of my life, probably the Olympics were will occur on an odd year. Mm. Yes, yes. We've gone through oh, a shift. Yes, we are experiencing this change in history. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that really strange? Uh, un- unless they're like, oh no, we gotta get it back to onto the even years, and no, know. they're gonna keep it apparently. Really? Okay, nice. <laughs> hey, so right. now we're we get to see that we get to be a part of that in a yeah. way. I'm like slightly excited for the Olympics, not as, as excited as I was like last year. Obviously, last year we knew it wasn't gonna happen. Right? I don't know. I feel like God. All I all I talk about on this podcast is I'm like the older I get, like I like have these. Oh my you gosh! Get it, you're old. I know. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm not excited at all. I don't. I don't know how to get excited for it. I don't. I think I'm excited because it didn't happen last year. I guess so. But to mm. me, I think 
I think getting excited for swimming in the Olympics, like you need to know, you should know less about it. The more I learn about Olympic trials and all of the things and getting to Olympic trials mm-hmm. and how many people are there, it is just like, you don't want to know that much because then your friend who went to trials really isn't that awesome because <laughs> oh, I mean, they're awesome. I didn't go. Okay. I didn't make it. I'm not that great. Let's all put that. I don't think I'm that great. I'm not that great. I'm not great. Anyway. But a lot of people do get but their trials cut. I remember my summer team, like a girl barely made her, tri- not barely. I mean, she made it and she was very, very fast. She made her trials cut, but there was like an extravagant party to send her off to trials. Mm. And I'm like, I'm a kid at that point, and I'm like, this even seems like a lot. But, I I mean, no one else had gone, so I get it. But I just, no, that is my long-winded answer of a question that no one asked me. No, I'm not excited for the Olympics. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Dexter's like, why is she here? <laughs> um, oh, man. So what are, like, major contrasts? Like, I know, I know the changes I'm asking you to do. I want to hear from your perspective. Like, you know, Dexter's swimming from five years ago versus now. What are like the really conflicting contrasts? I know there's conflicting information that I I have personally given you and probably the internet and other coaches too. I would say my my hand position uh, when I in my, in my stroke, uh, especially where I'm, where I'm finishing. So I, I'm. Can you pull that mic closer to you? Sorry. You, no, you're fine. So uh, my hand position when I'm, when I'm in my stroke, when, especially when especially when finishing, mm-hmm. is definitely different. And, and it's outside of the norm, I guess, when I first started learning. So I was, as I explained before, you know, doing the zipper drill, keeping it close. Right. And also doing that S-curve oh, kind of th- uh, uh, stroke underneath. Yep. Bringing it in, uh, bring it in cl- um, into more the center line and then – uh we guess out out yeah. yeah uh so yeah that's totally different so i i don't do that anymore so i think i i know that about the time that i was coaching you at masters we knew the s curve wasn't the way to go hmm. um and the reason why we knew that was because anytime your hands changing planes you're losing propulsion right, right? But I think there was something to the S-curve in that your entry point where your hand enters the water should be the same spot that it exits the water. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that should be a straight line. So I used to coach back then, just pull your arm back in a straight line. But what I didn't recognize until I had the endless pool is that your straight line is changing because you're rotating. Yeah. And as you rotate your arm, depending on how much you rotate as well, is being pulled inward towards your body. So now that line is a curved line inward. Right. And so now the way that we counteract that is we say feather outward. And so it is a concerted effort to actually push away from your body, but you end up in a straight line right. because of your rotation. Right. So it's, it is not intuitive at all. But I think that S-curve actually at the end of the S-curve, it was a positive because it was moving that hand away, away from, from the body yeah. as that person was rotating. Right. But the start of the S put their arm too wide outward mm. versus what I ask you to do is to slide your hand inward so that you can curve outward. Right. Um, and going back to this crawling concept, if my arm is underneath me, like my shoulder to my center line, mm-hmm. I get lift from that. 
Right. Versus if my hand is out of my shoulder line, I'm actually lower in the water, right. which causes more drag. Right. All right. So it's just these like subtle approaches that you don't question when you're being taught uh, as a coach or as a swimmer. You're like, oh, okay, well, fine. Straight line. That makes sense. Right. Hands changing planes, lose propulsion, straight line it then. Keep it all on the same plane. Right. Um, I think I remember a cue I gave you was thinking of it like um, um, a train with uh, the wheels all moving together with that. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. This is a long time ago. Oh, okay. Like if you can keep your arm on that same line, it mm-hmm. should feel kind of like a train moves its, its – right. I want to call it wheels, but it's – Axle? I don't know. I don't know what to call it. What are what is it a wheel? We'll call it a wheel. Trains have wheels, right? <laughs> I, 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 that's what I call them. Right. Okay. All right. So there's a solid bar that connects the wheels together on right. a train, and that bar moves those wheels. Yes. So I used to ask people to think about their arms in that way in swimming. It's not necessarily right. I mean, it's kind of right, but not really right. Right. Conceptually, but what you're actually doing, you're trying to mimic that, but what you're actually doing is something a little bit different. But you're the plane, that same plane as far as Entry or beginning of your, your your pull and exit should be the same. Right. And now my new favorite thing is to, to point out to people that their point A and their point B are the same thing. Yeah. And that confused me when you first <laughs> told me that. I was like, what? He's <laughs> like, oh, let me show you. Get in the water. Do this. <laughs> Does that make okay. sense to you? Where you enter the water is where you exit the water. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll talk in terms of, your entry is point A mm-hmm. and your finish is point B. Mm-hmm. But they're the same spot because where your hand enter is where it should exit. So so uh, another way of looking at this, <laughs> like you're here, you enter the water here, but what, what you're actually doing is pulling your body forward in that same plane and then with, that's where you also exit. So essentially... The point that you enter and begin your, your catch yeah. is basically the same uh, point that you exit out of the water. So essentially your body is moving straight forward while as it'll look like your hand is remaining in the same spot, but your body's moving forward because you're pulling yourself forward. So imagine that you are swimming, but you've put your hand on a ledge. Yes. And now you've pushed yourself forward, forward and you lift your hand up off the ledge. Right. Even though the ledge is now behind you. Yes. It's almost like annoying when he's right all the time. <laughs> I'm not right all the time. But when I am right, I really drill that. <laughs> I remember you talking about that in a different way, too. And me being like, oh, my God, that's like the coolest thing I've ever thought of. And now I'm listening to it again. I'm like, we get it. You're smart. <laughs> I like that, though. I think Dexter explained that very well. I think he did, too. Yeah. And, and what I like to do is put a paddle with a tether in the water and film people so that the tether is already that length. Yes. Is not expanding. Mm-hmm. Expanding. It's not a exercise band. It's not going to get any longer. Right. All right. So I I film them from the side and I go, look, that's where you caught. And look, when your hand finished, it was in the same exact spot. Yeah. And they go, what? <laughs> they yeah. still don't get it sometimes. Yeah. All right. Um, I think for me, the biggest contrast is the rotation piece. Um, I think once you can wrap your mind around how little rotation you actually need to mm-hmm. swim freestyle safely, um, things really start to change. And, and one of the things I did on Friday with a client and Sunday with a different client was I had them 
I might make you do this too. I had them float on a kickboard mm-hmm. and just practice finding their their posture on top of the kickboard because so they have to force that kickboard down a little bit. Right. All right. And then once they can demonstrate good posture, I film them from the front and I have them start to rotate and let the board fly out from underneath them. Hmm. And then I could show them on the video at what point that board flies out. Okay. And that's the last point that you want to actually stop oh, rotating. That is, and that it is, is always around 45 degrees. That is a good use of props. I try. That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the kickboard is representation of your uh, center of buoyancy. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you can keep your center of buoyancy under you and mostly under you as you rotate, you're going to float better. You're going to swim more easily. Right. It's pretty simple physics, actually, right? And this is why I love watching you just float because it's always a reminder, Dexter floats when he doesn't use his arms, <laughs> all right? Because there are people who don't float very well. Yeah. You're not one of them, but you present when you swim that you might be one of them. Right, and I've, I've always had this thought in my mind that I, 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 I float like a rock. I, <laughs> I, for, the, for the longest, I would jump in the pool and I would just sink. You know, it was easy for me to sink. Now these days, it's actually I have to like force it work. Yes, yeah, just to get down to the bottom of the pool. I was like, this is strange. I think I remember. I have a memory of you putting fins on and sinking. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is gonna be a long workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, the 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 concept of uh, you know uh, your buoyancy and keeping that. It's very important, and it's also we also talked about this, uh, you know, as far as uh, taking a breath. So for me, it's the connection between good body posture and being able to comfortably breathe. Yeah, uh, has always been an issue. So that's why the over rotation and so forth. Um, and you also you always use this cue. It, it should feel like you're swimming downhill. (laughs) At first when you said that, I'm like, that makes no kind of, that doesn't make any kind of sense. (laughs) Right. Especially Uh, if you only swim uphill. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, but I, I, I've, I've had that sensation before and I was like, okay, this is what he's talking about. It feels like you're slightly swimming below the water. Yeah. Uh, Like you're, you're about to dive down, but you're not. It feels like that because your 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 body is very level with the water and your feet right. is high in, right. in the water, uh, and it's great because you're very streamlined at that point. But for me, it's I'm able to get into that position, but maintaining it. Right. And what and, and I guess we've talked about this before, where swimming and then getting to the wall, and then having to push off the wall, just disrupts all uh, all of my, my my thought process and flow. I have to like basically break up, you know, uh, what I'm doing and then get back into that uh, right, your mindset. Flow just right, changes. That position and all that uh, after I push off the wall. So it's it's a pretty common comment that I hear from people, right? Who especially uh, endurance athletes, 25 yards comes pretty quickly. Yes. All right. So being able to find an open water spot that you can just swim without having to stop i think can be a really freeing mental exercise yeah we're like oh i don't have to think about running into a wall or running into a person i could just go no you disagree i'm a pool swimmer (laughs) (laughs) i want that (laughs) i need that 
I own how many of these things? How many of these pools do I own at this point? And I hate them. <laughs> My mom is always so funny. She's like, well, don't you swim all the time? And I'm like, I don't have any time to swim. A, the pools are filled with people. And B, I don't want to get in there and do something. <laughs> like do, do a workout, do a workout? <laughs> we did we did workouts i signed up for a swim run a couple years ago and i was going to train for it and he was training me for it and he was helping me on my run okay last time i ran pretty much um and for miami man uh. yeah um and he would have me do i guess what interval training in the in the pool yeah um and I think my workouts were never, like with the interval training part of it, they were never more than like 40 minutes beginning to end. Oh, yeah. And that's probably just me saying that because I don't want to say less, but they were probably never more than like 30, 35 minutes. I was going to say probably closer to 30 minutes. Yeah. And like, they, I, no way. Like I was in there for days. Like, I don't like days. Days. <laughs> days. I don't like swimming by myself. I need a wall. But it's, I can't write a workout. I need, I need someone to chase or to be chasing me yeah Ooh. i guess when i swim by myself in a regular pool i do i do try to do as long of a warm-up as possible because i'm like as soon as i stop as soon as i stop i know this yardage is just dropping like, <laughs> like it's weird yeah uh, i'll just do 25s now 200 ims <laughs> were the best thing i could do when i was by myself i'm like i know this will be hard on my body and i can do these and not get bored but mm. other than that yeah yeah mm. it's hard yeah so um, no no lake swimming for me <laughs> okay um so let's wrap this up i, I had no idea we've been going oh. for an hour and a half oh wow yeah. <laughs> right i told you i could talk to dexter forever and it's like oh wait we've got to actually learn some stuff in this lesson let's just talk on the podcast yeah uh let's wrap it up um any sort of thoughts or conclusions or things you wanted to share with people that might be sort of similarly mindset of yours like I want to learn how to swim. I want to try to do some of my own. Or uh, they're starting their triathlon journey and like their swimming is their weak spot. Any recommendations from your experience? So what I would like to recommend, any, any adults out there who don't know how to swim, would like to learn how to swim, go do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, where to start? Putting your toes in the water. Yeah. Uh, just getting there, getting comfortable in the water. Uh, I think for me, I, I was never afraid of being in the water. I was afraid of drowning, yeah, because I, I I almost I almost drowned when I was a little kid. <laughs> but that that you can laugh about it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Some people won't laugh about it. <laughs> but that 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 but that didn't you know uh, prevent me from getting in the water uh, and whatnot. My my fear was while I'm in the water, I wasn't able to grab onto anything, you know. Or stand uh, up or anything like that. Yes. So when it came to open water swimming, oh my god, I was terrified in the beginning, you know, of open water swimming. Uh, but now it's it's all a mindset. And just to let everybody know, I did my first Ironman, and then I did a open water swim uh, up at uh, Lake Arrowhead, and I had my first panic attack in the water ever. At Placid. No, no, before uh, um, uh, before Placid. This is oh. after my first Ironman okay. um, in Montreal, and I was doing an event. Uh, it was uh, Lorraine. Okay. Uh, I don't think it was the triathlon. I think it was just a swim event that they had up there. Yeah. And I got in the water, swam, and 
it was the first time I was not I was swimming without a wetsuit. So oh, I didn't have so that your extra... security blanket was gone. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying I swam in the pool without a wetsuit for the longest, you know. Right. I should be fine. You know, I was thinking about this while I was uh, in the water. And then all of a sudden, the next wave caught, caught up to me. And, you oh. know, I was thinking that and then all the, 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 the confusion with everybody swimming past me and whatnot. So it, it got, to, got to my head and I panicked. <laughs> So it happens, you know, it happens to professionals uh, even. Uh, yeah, I mean, from I know when I jump into water that's like 40 feet deep, Yeah, there's apprehension in my mind. I'm very comfortable in water. And that can be in a diving well at 20 feet deep or in the ocean. That's, you know, when we go to our training trip in the Bahamas, you can hit spots that are crystal clear and you can see 40 feet down. Wow. And that is a scary moment for anybody because you're like, the great abyss is below me. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what comes to my mind. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> I got to yeah. just keep moving now. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't remember learning how to swim. And one of the, the, the greatest joys in my life is helping adults learn how to swim mm-hmm. because swimming has given me everything. Um, it got me into school. It definitely paid for part portion of my school. I have only really been a swim coach for a career and I met my wife swimming, right? Because of swimming, right. I wasn't swimming. Um, <laughs> I was more like just, you know, yelling. Um, <laughs> but if I can give any percentage back to swimming by giving that love to somebody else, then I want to do that. And, right. and you know, I don't think that swimming is a sport for everybody, but it is a life skill and it's a survival skill exactly. that is for everybody. Right. And so, yeah, to your point, a, as an adult learning how to swim, we hear it all the time from people. Nobody is going to judge you for not knowing how to swim as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us as adults, when we learn a new skill, we feel, feel like we're going to be criticized or judged. Right. But You've got to just get overcome. That's your own obstacle to overcome. That's your own internal like apprehension telling you that, oh, people are going to laugh at you. Well, they won't. They really don't care. And if they do, they're probably not your friends. They probably don't care about you. Right. So why do you care about them? Don't. Do yourself a favor and start learning how to enjoy the water. Right. Like, there's a lot to be held in the water and, you know, what – how much of the earth is actual water? Right? Exactly. There's a lot of stuff that you can do in water, even yes. if you're not swimming. And for me, that was one of the driving force for me to learn how to swim. I, I, I didn't want any limitations to what I, I wanted to do. I, I, I knew I wanted to learn how to swim. I wanted to do a triathlon, and that's why I needed to learn how to swim. It, it wouldn't happen if I, if, if I didn't know how to learn to swim, so... That and also being able to go on trips, different places, and just get in the water and be comfortable. Yeah. You know, I, I basically not knowing how to swim, you know, um, prevented me from participating in things that I was interested in and wanted to do and try. So Right. And, and actually, I had a client tell me that learning how to free was an opportunity for her to, to free. swim. Sorry. <laughs> I just had a stroke. I think I, I, I was automatically assumed that he meant freestyle. No, that's not what I meant. I was combining words. <laughs> he does this all the time, and now I have it recorded. Like I, it's fine. It's good. 
good. What I was going to say, because I was thinking of the word free, because the client told me that learning how to swim mm-hmm. was a freeing experience in her life mm-hmm. because she no longer felt limited. Right. She could do anything. She could be on land. She can climb a mountain. She can jump in a lake. She can go scuba diving. Yes. She can go snorkeling. Right? And that is such a powerful moment to be a part of when someone's like, I live my life freely now because I know how to swim. Yes. And I think that's something a lot of people take for granted. Yes. They don't realize that. Yes. So. And also like to say, no matter where you live, whether it's on the coast, you know, in the city, in a really hilly uh, terrain or whatever, wherever you are, you can still learn to swim. Find a body of water, find a pool. I highly recommend getting a coach or instructor because learning how to swim on your own sucks. <laughs> Take it for somebody who knows. <laughs> Very few people that tell me they've learned how to talk or they taught themselves how to swim from a book or YouTube videos. Man, like I'm not usually very impressed by their swimming. (laughs) (laughs) There's been one person over the last six years who's taught themselves how to swim and got in the water. And I was like, oh, you, yeah, you're swimming. Like you're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. That was the one that was impressive. Mm. But I mean, it's pretty rare. I feel like, I feel like that's that person though. You know, like that person was going to figure it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, but no one person. I mean, when you think about it. A lot of people do teach themselves. They they come in and they're like, yeah, "I taught myself from YouTube." That's a such a common, sorry, such a common thing that we hear. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Like like yeah, it's I, I look at YouTube videos and I'm like, all right, I could do this, but trying to emulate that in yourself yeah. in the water. Yeah, how do you know? <laughs> exactly. That's my only exactly. thing. How do you know? It's my that's why my favorite drill is paddle head drill. It's the it's like my one drill. That I'm like, you'll know immediately, immediately. But everything else, I don't even know. I told you I was catching fine. I was like, I'm not no, doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And he films me and I'm like, holy shit. Tragic. That's a tragedy. So yeah. Well, you yeah. could feel that water, couldn't you? That's it. I felt it. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know if you care. Like usually at this point we ask people if they want to be found, if people want to like reach out to you. Um, you can give any information if it's a, you know, Facebook or Instagram or oh, Twitter. Um but you don't have to. Or nothing. Or nothing. You'd be like, no, no, no. What's, so I don't have Instagram. Like, uh, good for you. <laughs> I stopped using Instagram. Uh, I make lists to just do all the Instagram stuff for Sunbox. I guess if you could reach me, you could reach out on Twitter, which I hardly ever use. But probably the best way to <laughs> reach me then. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's a scary place sometimes. Uh, what is my Twitter? Yeah, because I, I just want people to be able to ask questions of you right? if they want to, but you don't have to. I, I don't want you to feel pressure. That's that's, that's fine. I, I I want people to ask. I, that's, that's also one of the things that I do endurance sports for to hopefully inspire other people out there because I've been inspired, you know, especially since I've started, you know, doing endurance sports uh, by many people I've, uh, I've met and interact with, you know, from – uh, athletes who were blind. I've got an opportunity to be mm-hmm. a guide for in the swim too, which was us. You were a guide in the swim? Yes, yes. So one, one, one of the guy that... Uh, that ain't easy. No, it's, it is not. <laughs> and, and he had a panic attack oh. in the water. Yes, yes. But, you know, I was able to calm him down. I, 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 I had... Exp- so I had my experience in a panic... Uh, me mm-hmm. panic, having a panic attack in the water. So I used that, utilized that to basically mm-hmm. coach him through what to do. I told him to roll, back, roll on his back, calm down, get your breath. 
refocus, and then when you're ready, turn back over, and we're going to swim to the next buoy. And we did that the whole way through. Nice. Awesome. Yes. One buoy at a time. Yes. That's the way to do it. Yes. So that, and I've, I've met athletes who are uh, uh, they had uh, uh, well, like adaptive athletes. Is that what you mean? Adaptive. Meaning adaptive athletes, meaning someone that might have had an injury, a physical limitation in oh, some yes. way, yes. a loss of a limb. Yes, it's adaptive. So yes, uh, I was trying to search for the word, but uh, yes, athletes who have you know missing limbs or whatnot. There was actually an athlete uh, who had one arm, mm-hmm. and in the pool he was faster <laughs> than I was. Is <laughs> that Jose? Was that Jose? It might have been. Because I, I knew Jose from not just masters practices, okay. but um. Also from Walter Reed. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so I got to yes. coach him in two different places. Okay. But he was he's a badass in general. Yes. I was... Seeing him on a bike. So impressed with it. I was <laughs> like, wow. I have no... I'm like... I look at those athletes and I was like, I have no excuse. Like, I just I just need to get out there and do it. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I want to inspire and be inspired. You yeah. Know, uh, as an athlete. And... Also, to be a, a, a role model, I would say role model is a big term or whatnot. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty heavy to say that. But <laughs> be an inspiration for others, especially, right. you know, uh, folks within my community and, and my family and whatnot, you know, because uh, my family have uh, some health issues in the past, you know, cancer and so forth. And I want to uh, inspire them to have a, live a healthier lifestyle, a more active lifestyle, and just to incorporate small things, you know, along the way. Uh, I've had, I've lost family member to, to cancer and various other things. So that's always in the back of my mind, you know, as I get older yeah. uh, to think about. Uh, and also, you know, within my community, you know, you know folks can't tell, but I am a uh, uh, African-American and I went, when I go out and do these things, I, there's, I don't see many African-Americans out there uh, doing, doing them. Yeah. So I want to be that representation, like, hey, you can do this. I'm here. So wh- one of the greatest compliments I've, I've had uh, experience is on a training ride out in Eastern Maryland. And I was on a bike training ride, and we stopped off at a gym at a local high school. And there were some kids coming in for basketball practice. We stopped in to use the restroom there. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking out, these kids were coming in for their basketball practice, and uh, they were, they were walking in and they were looking at me and, <laughs> <laughs> and these were, you know, uh, African-American, African-American kids uh, and whatnot. And they were looking at me and then one of them come, came up to me and asked, say, Hey, are you doing that, uh, that race that, uh, that's happening here? Uh, oh, you mean the Ironman? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't doing that specific one, mm-hmm. but I was there to support, you know, my uh, other team members and I was training for my own, but I was telling them like, yeah, I, I do stuff like this, but not this one, but I'll be doing another one. And he's like, oh, that's what's up. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, he was impressed. Like, I, 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 I take it that he never saw somebody, you know, right. that looked like him actually participating, you know, in this event and whatnot. So uh, it's inspiring to have, you know, to, to show everyone that, hey, yeah, you can participate, participate in this. And you know, it's, a, it's an option. And a goal for everyone to uh if they choose so choose to uh to to go for so yeah yeah did you figure out your twitter handle yet 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, uh, at uh, Dr. Braithwaite. It's D R K. Sorry, D R K. Braithwaite. B R A I T H W A I T E. And we'll we'll put it in the description okay. as well, so people will be able to find it and see it. Um, but that's, I mean, part of the reason why I wanted you on the podcast is so that you could sort of be this guiding light. Um, in that we've had. Uh, several podcasts with one of the athletes that came through Swimbox, uh, Mario, who comes from a Hispanic background, mm-hmm. right? And he's basically the same thing, right? He wants to help inspire people from all over the place to do stuff that they might not normally be exposed to right. or don't believe that, you know, well, my people don't do that. Right? Right. Well, that's not the mi- mindset that we have around Swimbox. Like, right. we want people to do the things that, they think are impossible and that's really what we want it's like you might think that's impossible some practice some dedication you'll get there right you'll do it yeah i I, when i first started i thought doing a half iron man was a daunting task and And it is it is (laughs) (laughs) it still is it's it's just achievable and and when i did my when i was signed up for my first iron man and did my first half iron man on the way to to my full first full i was like oh man I gotta do twice this much. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know if I gotta get through this, but you know, one step at a time. You know, the the best thing you could do is be, take that first step. Yeah. You know, just get up, get out there, and start working towards it, uh, and set small incremental goals along the way. Yeah. You have this big goal, yes, but set small, you know, uh, goals along the way to achieve, and you just build uh, over time, and and you'll get there. Yeah, I I think the sort of triathlete community in general is a very welcoming community. Like, yes, there's going to always in every athletic community, there's going to be people that are standoffish and dicks. But I think overall triathletes do want to lend information and want to see people join the sport. I think that's also why it's grown so quickly as well Mm -hmm. and become so popular. It's a challenge. It's definitely a a big bucket list for people. Like, Oh, that's like, you being a little kid being like, I want to do that someday. Yeah. It's a bucket list for some people, but that bucket list item is achievable because there's an openness to share, right. an openness to demonstrate and, and participate together. Like a lot of people will go on group rides or group runs. Right. And that, yeah. that to me is a, a very strong part of the triathlon community versus swimming. It's not like that. You have to join a team in order to swim with people. Yeah. All right. It's, it's, yeah. If you know somebody that also swims, well, that might be great, but they might be too fast or too slow, and then you can't swim necessarily the same way together. Right. So there's a, there is this like different hurdle in in joining a, a swim team or becoming yeah. a swimmer per se. It's easy to get together with uh, friends uh, to do go for out for a run or, or for a bike ride. With swimming, there's a little bit more that goes into that. You know, you have to yeah. find a pool and if you're if you're a group together then you have to like re- either rent out the space yep. or get permission or whatever. Uh, so yeah, usually all the spaces are, are, are and, and, and time and, and, and lanes are taken up by the master swimming <laughs> clubs. <laughs> so you have to join them anyway. Right, exactly. That's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely the community the triathlon community is uh, open. You just have to find a group or find a group of friends that are you know, doing it and then 
you know, they, they'll coax you, you know, take you out to a bar one night. <laughs> <laughs> they'll trick you. <laughs> Get you all looking it up and like, hey, we're doing this race. You know, you should sign up oh, for sign it. Sign up is ending right now. You <laughs> better sign up. Exactly. <laughs> like, every story that I hear about, you know, somebody, you know, first uh, entry into triathlon has been like they're out drinking. Oh. <laughs> Like seriously, so so you mentioned um, swim run, so I'm I'm looking to do my first uh, swim run event uh, this year, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, and, and you're doing the ones where like you swim, you run, you swim, you run, you swim, you run, yes. right? Okay. So and, and I think it's pretty cool because I always thought about like, oh, if I go out for a long run and then there's a body of water, I'm like just jump in there, swim to the next side, get out, and keep on running. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I yeah. kind of want to do one. Yeah. <laughs> kinda. I don't want to train for one, but I want to do one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. And I looked into the history of that and how it first started. And guess what? In a bar. And, <laughs> and there was like, oh, I could get from point A to point B faster than you guys. And they were like, oh, yeah, bet. Let's go. <laughs> nice. And that's how it started. It just, like, just like the Iron Man. Like, right. <laughs> that's how Iron Man started, too. I don't, do you know how that started? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They were, they were in, 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 a, in a bar somewhere drinking in, like, cyclist, uh, swimmer, and uh, runner, like, Oh, my, my sport's better than yours. I'm like, oh yeah, prove it. Let's right. let's have a race. That's how it and started. We're all we're all yes, yeah. and we're all gonna do the different each events. Of the disciplines. Each of the disciplines and see who wins at the end. And that's how it started. I hate those people. <laughs> 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 and on that note <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh, thank you again for coming on. And if you don't know already, you could just listen to Swim Out of the Box, so you should know this, that you can follow us on uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and where else people find us? We're on Facebook. You do it. You do such a good job. Subscribe. Oh, subscribe, rate, review. <laughs> That's not that great. <laughs> Instagram is just swim underscore box. We're, at, we're on Facebook. We don't. Nothing is branded Swim Out of the Box except this, so if you just look for some box, we're there. There you go. All right. You ready to be done? All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>